Why not rebuild now? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked on Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about injury updates to the Capitals. We know that this is just the beginning of the season and already the Capitals are dealing with injuries. What is the latest? I'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about changes to the D pairings at today's practice and ultimately what it will look like at the next game against the Maple Leafs. But just to get it going here, the question is, and I get this a lot from a lot of Capitals fans, is why not rebuild right now this team is not playing this well that great this year they didn't play that great last year so why hold off so if you're an everydayer of the show you know that I always reference to when Tarek Elbashir had a conversation with Brian McClellan and they said that there was a certain agreement made between Alex Ovechkin and Brian McClellan in the Capitals that there wouldn't be a big rebuild while he's still playing on the team, that he wants to play on a competitive team so he can uh, chase down Gretzky and ultimately win another cup in D.C. Now, that might be true in part, but I think one of the biggest things it has to do with is can D.C. withstand another rebuild going on right now? D.C. is already going through another rebuild with another one of their professional teams. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Washington Nationals. And why is that important? If you want to take a look at the Nationals' attendance before the rebuild and after, it is quite substantial, suffices to say. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many years the Nationals are going to be before they're contenders, maybe two, maybe three years, but that's going to be two or three years with low attendance numbers at Nationals games. And, you know, I think that people think, you know, like if the Capitals go through a rebuild, they're just going to sell off, get a bunch of players, and they're going to be competitive. Just like that, that is not the way things work. And one of the things that I heard on one of the latest episodes of the 32 Thoughts podcast, a must listen if you're an NHL fan with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, is they were talking about why there is this reluctance to want to rebuild teams. Um, And one of the uh, teams that they referenced was the San Jose Sharks and that when they went through the rebuild, they lost a substantial amount of their season ticket holders, and they've never really bounced back all the way. Um, And they're still kind of in the midst of a rebuild. So I think that on paper, you know, you want immediate gratification. You want your team sucks. 
sell it, fire sale it, tear it down to the studs, rebuild it, and it's going to be good to go maybe in, you know, a couple months. That's not the way it's going to work, Capitals fans. I'm just here to tell you there is going to be a rebuild at some point, but it's not going to be painless. You are going to witness a Capitals team that is going to struggle probably for two to three years. And I'm talking two to three years of them potentially missing the playoffs. If you take a look, you know, historically at rebuilds, let's even just talk about the NHL. Take a look at the Red Wings, you know, how they kind of wandered out in the wilderness. Take a look at the Blackhawks who are are in the midst of one as well. Uh, you know, certain things changed for the Blackhawks, you know, with Connor Bedard on, uh, on their team, Connor Bedard. There's a lot of people that are just interested in the Blackhawks based on the fact that Connor Bedard plays on that team in and of itself. I don't know what kind of product they're going to have out on the ice, but I don't think that the Capitals can withstand another rebuild going on right now. Um, and just this was a piece that I saw in the daily faceoff as well, that this is a big issue throughout the NHL. Uh, they said here they had a sellout on opening night, and then their next game was 16,489. They were talking about the Caps in particular. Frank Saravalli says, yeah, I would say that there's a lot to be concerned about the Caps. That sellout streak ended at 588 games. You know, I spoke about that the other day. That's a big deal. They had a sellout on opening night, and their next night was 16,000. 489. So Frank was referencing Washington itself, that you're already starting to see, you know, a dip in numbers. And why is that is because they don't see a winning product on the ice. That is the biggest cause for me. I think why the Capitals are not selling out on a night in night out basis is, you know, just based on the product that's on the ice. Now, the knee jerk reaction thing to say will be, okay, so trade a bunch of players and bring them in here and it's going to work like that. That's not the way it's going to work. If you think the team is playing poor now, how about you do it minus Oshie and Backstrom and Carlson and you know all the other big players that are being rumored to be kicked out about getting traded out of here? Uh, some of those will yield big returns, but again, uh, to reference the Nationals again, sometimes you trade away big uh, pieces. If you remember Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, you got prospects that would be good years from now. So I think that, you know, if the Nationals are any kind of script for the Capitals and they had a big fire sale and they got rid of a bunch of big players, they would be good years from now. So do you think that the low attendance now with all the marquee names on, on this roster right now is bad? Could you imagine if they lost a lot of those marquee names? So I understand that it's a needed step to go through, but I think that some teams... Uh, have handled it tactfully, where it's more of a retool, where you integrate players piece by piece by piece, not just this, I'm, this isn't working, I'm tearing it all down, I'm trading out the whole team, and we're starting all over again. That's pretty much what you saw with the Nationals. Now, uh, I think they're going to be good two to three years from now. I don't think that DC wants that from another sports team. Take a look at another one here. Winnipeg had their lowest attendance ever in a game uh, in Winnipeg Jets history, just 11,000 fans. That's a tough night. The Buffalo Sabres, uh, lots of expectations this year. They sell out their opening night. And then the next night, come back with 12,258. And to kind of what I was referencing about the top of the show, the San Jose Sharks, their third game, only 10,000 fans in the building. And I have actually seen the Capitals play in San Jose against the Shark. It is a smaller venue, uh, the Shark Tank there. But... 
Um, you know, that is just, you know, kind of exactly what I'm talking about is these teams that are struggling or that, the you know, it's ticket prices. I'm not going to say that it's just this or it's just that, but these teams that go through these major rebrands struggle. The San Jose Sharks are one of those teams. So I think that that is why there is a reluctance, not just with the Capitals, but through the out the NHL at large to go through major changes because you know you're going to take a hit. If you don't have instant success, People don't want to spend a lot of money on a product that's not winning. And, you know, despite the fact that the Capitals are not getting the product out on the ice that they're looking for, the wins that they're looking for, things could be much worse. I think that we're judging this team too quickly to start the season. I think that if they just kind of follow the course here a little bit, I think that, you know, the arrow's pointing up. Again, I don't want to say it's just that. I do think the ticket prices. Um, factor in as well. So why is this happening? Is it high ticket prices? Let's knock them down. I've always said, I think you prefer a jam-packed barn of people who've paid a $25 to $40 to sit in the upper bowl then charging $100 for the upper bowl and hoping you'll get 50, excuse me, 40 to 50% in the upper bowl in the door. So what are they talking about? Hungry fans in there. And, you know, this isn't just something that's unique to the NHL. This is inflation. I don't know if you've noticed, but gas is a lot more expensive. Groceries are a lot more expensive. So also the prices for tickets have gone up. So if you ever wonder why the Capitals are a little bit reluctant to just tear it down to the studs and, you know, this team sucks. Let's just do away with all of it know that, that it's going to be lean years. You think that kind of going through a rough season this year is going to be tough, and we don't know if it's going to be tough. I think as Capitals fans, we get a little bit spoiled. They miss the playoffs for the first time, and all of a sudden, jump on the bandwagon. Let's get out of town. This team is horrible. That's not the case. I still think there's hope for this team, and keep this in mind that if you did go through a major rebuild, it's not going to be one rough season. You are talking about potentially two to three years of not playing that well. Are there exceptions to the rule? Of course, you take a look at the Rangers a couple of years ago. But if I'm going to generalize, if I'm going to paint it with a broad brush, you know, a three-inch paintbrush, if you're a painter out there, that um, that's how things generally go. It's two to three years before your team is even competitive. And then you still might struggle. So keep that in mind that I think the Capitals would be best served to slowly retool this team, not to tear it down to the studs, slowly. So maybe next year we see a, a, a prospect from down in Hershey or one of the guys that they drafted in this year's draft or potentially the next year, slow integration instead of just all these veterans that you know at least at a minimum uh, won a cup in 2018. So, you know, they know at least a little bit about what they're doing. Uh, that would be the prudent thing to do other than, like I say, you know, kind of just hit the panic button, say, you know, we're just going to tear this whole team down to the studs. I ultimately don't think that is the right idea. All right. So coming up here at the uh, after the break here, we will talk about changes at today's practice, primarily with the D pairings. What can we read into that? I'll talk about that straight ahead. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. 
With killer last-minute deals, all in great prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And one of the things that's stressful is maybe the big concert is coming to town. Maybe your favorite sports team is playing and you can't find tickets. That is why you need Game Time because it makes it that much more easy. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and re- redeem code Locked On NHL. That's L O C K E D O N N H L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. The Capitals could score 50 goals. The Capitals could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could easily win by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Hockey contests. And that's what it's about. Sometimes when you're watching games, you're not that interested in it. If you have a little bit more money on it, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. So use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for more details and location availability. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what is one of the things that we know for sure, for sure, is that the Capitals have struggled as of late. I would say that, you know, they started the last game a little tough, but towards the end, they started to find their way, but they are not content with getting better The Capitals want the best product out on the ice, out of the gate as they take on the Maple Leafs. So Spencer Carberry and the coaches are taking the D pairings, taking that snow globe and shaking it up a little bit, a little bit and seeing if they can get a better product out on the ice. The Caps line stayed the same. The blue line got shaken up. Rasmus Sandin and John Carlson are no longer working together on the top pairing. Um, and, you know, that was kind of one of the things that worked well in the preseason. I think that Rasmus Sandin is the number two defenseman uh, in the Capitals organization. It's just I don't think that they got necessarily the chemistry and the playmaking that they were looking for. Uh, Martin Faravari was moved up to work with Carlson, who have a history together. Sometimes familiarity breeds success. Will that be the case? I think it remains to be seen. <clears throat> Excuse me if that is what is going to take place out on the ice against the Maple Leafs. Again, this team needs to get a win so they can get off the schneid and they can finally concentrate on winning. Make no mistake about it. I think that once they start stringing together one, two, three wins in a row, confidence will start to come naturally with it. Take a look at Connor McMichael, Beck Malenstein, even Hendricks LaPierre when he was playing in preseason here, that they had a certain swagger that came after 
winning games. In their case, they won a Calder Cup, but I think even for the Capitals, if they started to win games, string those wins together, I think that that positivity will go forward. One of the things that I talked about in yesterday's episode is sometimes I think you can start to project failure. Like you've lost a bunch of games in a row. So at the moment that something goes wrong, you stick your head in your shell like a turtle and you're just like, it's over, I'm done. And that is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're going to lose. That is why they're shaking, shaking things up here. Sandine moved down to work with TVR. Nick Jensen is back with the third pairing along with Alex Alexiev in practice, who was in over Hardy Hamanoktel uh, and Lucas Johansson. I think that, you know, that third pairing there, they are still tinkering with it. And, you know, things could change uh, between now and uh, the, the next game against the Maple Leafs. They're still just trying to get different looks at the game, uh, at practice to see what works because what was out on the ice was not working. So they're trying to, to see what works, to try to jumpstart this team to see if they can get more productivity. Lord knows this team needs it. Uh, as we know that Alex Ovechkin, uh, two games uh, before, did not have uh, any shots on goal. Two games in a row, no shots on goal. This last game, five. So steps in the right direction. What is one of the things that we know about Alex Ovechkin? He is a goal scorer and he has been snake bitten. It will help his confidence as well. Yes, he sits number two all time in goals. And yet even a guy like that can suffer you know, from low confidence. But one of the one is one of the things that I've heard about out there about Alex Ovechkin is that he has a real professional mindset. He has not gotten down in the dumps uh, because this team has not played that well. Um, and, you know, that it show, is a sign of confidence. That is a sign of why he wears the C on his chest, that despite the fact that he himself, the second greatest goal scorer of all time, has struggled, he has not let that get to him. Those are all the traits of a true leader, a true great player. And I think that there are players on this team that could learn a lesson from that. See Anthony Mantha. See, you know, a lot of other players probably on this team that are like, what is going on with this year's team? And I think that, you know, if they continue to follow uh, what Spencer Carberry's plans are for a successful team, success will follow. Listen, Spencer, I, I for a moment don't think this has anything to do with Spencer Carberry. He has killed it at every level that he's coached, whether it was ECHL, AHL, NHL now, or even like he was, he was an assistant coach uh, last year. He's done really well. And I don't think that, you know, he's changed that much between last year as an assistant coach and this year being a head coach. I just think that there is a bit of a learning curve. Sure. But I think that it's all about the caps as well. The players, you know, following his, uh, you know, his plans, how they're laid out, how they should execute and have a successful product. It's going to happen in time, but that is why you're seeing this tinkering with the D pairings. And, you know, maybe at tomorrow's practice, you're going to hear about them messing with the forward lines. They want to see what works because obviously what we've seen out on the ice has not worked. Uh, one thing that I think has worked pretty well is that top line with Ovechkin, Strom, and Phillips. I'd like to see more of that. And like I talked about in yesterday's episode, at some point, I would like to see uh, Connor McMichael centering that top line just to get a look, a, a good look at it. Uh, you know, like I said, I think that he's warmed up to playing the wing position, but ultimately I think that intrinsically he is a greater center than he is a wing, but uh, I'm, ju I'm just a podcast host here. I'm not the coach. It'll remain to be seen how it's going to shake out. All right. So coming up here after the break, I have an up an injury update 
as we know that there are players on the team, Nick Dowd, uh, Charlie Lindgren, Darcy Kemper was talking about, you know, what he thinks uh, is the status of some of these players that practice today. We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, our next sponsor here is FanDuel. And let me tell you something, I love FanDuel. It makes it that much easier to bet on sports. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And like I say, sometimes you're watching a game, you're not that into it. Say you're watching a Commander's game and you're not that into it. If you have a little bit of money on it, it makes it watching the game that much more exciting. That is why you need FanDuel. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So one of the things that we know about last season was this team was just hit square in the mouth with injuries. They were ranked fourth in man games lost in all of the NHL. They, you know, it, it, I, sometimes I think to myself, how would the Capitals have done last season if they had Carlson in there all season, if they had Wilson and Backstrom? So it has carried over a little bit this year. We're just starting the season, and already we have some players on the injured list. Key players, I guess I would say, Charlie Lindgren, who is the backup netminder, is injured with an upper body injury. Same thing goes for Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd, we know, who had that core procedure done, but two key pieces to this team. Listen, I know that they have Clay Stevenson as a backup goalie, but is he going to be the answer if called upon with a back-to-back game? I guess we don't know. Lingren and Dowd still out. Lingren and Edmondson were on the ice before the main group, and Edmondson still in the no-contact jersey. Of course, Max Pacioretty is still out recovering from a torn Achilles. So it's interesting that the, the two players that the Capitals acquired in the offseason, Max Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson, injured. We knew about Max Pacioretty. He said he was not going to be good to go to start the season. As it turns out, he's still not ready. I think he they had him projected for November, maybe latest December. So, and then the thing of it is, too, with Max Patch ready is we ultimately don't know what kind of player we're getting. If you want to take a look at the back of his hockey card, six times in his career, he has scored 30 goals. Listen, 10 years ago, I had a lot more hair on my head and was skinnier. What have you done for me lately? Who are you as a player? Right now, I don't want to hear about what kind of player you were years ago. It's going to remain to be seen what kind of player Max Pacioretty is now after two consecutive years of Achilles issues. Those are tough issues to come back from 100%. You lose a little bit of jump, some explosiveness. I know some NFL players that have struggled with it. Some have come back successfully. Shaq Barrett, for example, came back playing very well. You take a look at Rodgers, that ended his season. So Achilles is a big issue and uh, there's no real timetable. We don't know what kind of player we're going to have when he comes back. You take a look at Joel Edmondson as well. Uh, he has a uh, he sustained an injury. It was in the preseason at a practice. It wasn't even in a game. The Capitals were playing a game, but he got injured at a practice while the other group was playing 
Uh, so very unlucky, I guess you could say. But Joel Edmondson, uh, even though it's not related to that injury, we know that he has a, a history of injuries or, you know, to his lower back. Is that something that could rear its ugly head at some point? Um, so I guess it, it remains to be seen what this Caps team looks like as we make steps through the season. Again, to start the season, being out Lindgren, Dowd, uh, Edmondson, those are the three players that are new injuries to start the season. Those are the difficult things. And then, of course, Max Pacioretty. So I think to accurately uh, assess this team and see what they have in the tank, I want to see what they look like with Lingren, with Dowd, with Edmondson and Max Pacioretty and see what they look like. How will Max Pacioretty play when he's playing bigger minutes? Uh, can he be the guy that jump starts and finally starts scoring goals for the Capitals? That has been an issue this year, and I think that they could use someone like him, like I said, to kind of kickstart the offense. And also, you need the guys on the, you know, if you listen to the previous segment, on the blue line to hold it down in the back end as well. So uh, that is what's going to be what is important here. Max Pacioretty, if he can be as advertised as just a glimpse of him former of his former self scoring 30 goals, that would be great. If he could come here and score 20 goals, that would be great. But that is ultimately what we're looking for uh, from this team going forward is to get healthy. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, a big piece, a great backup. You know, you could almost say a 1A. I wouldn't say it's a 1 and 2 or an A and a B. I think, you know, the, the tandem for the Capitals is Kemper 1 and Charlie Lindgren like a 1A. That's that's the way I look at it. They're both that good. So it's important for Charlie to come back at this team. Again, like I've talked about, there is just a myriad of options a plethora of options down in Hershey and the Stingrays as far as options in that. But, you know, not all of those players are NHL ready. We do know that Charlie Lindgren and Darcy Kemper are NHL ready. So that's why it's important. Also, Dowd, why is he important of his huge role that he plays on the fourth line with the Capitals? So hopefully we can start to see some of these players come back. Some of them are inching their way back in the right direction. Uh, but we hope that they can help join this team sooner than later. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that listen or watch this podcast on a daily basis. You are what makes this podcast successful, and I have you to thank. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Commanders, Wizards. So no matter what major DC sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. All right. My name is Dan Homie of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you again next time.